find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. What's up, you guys? I'm Catherine. And I'm Haley. And we are Saturdays Are for the Ghouls, a podcast on the Podmoth Network. We cover all things spooky, like horror movies, true crime, the supernatural, and spooky stories. In the most chaotic way possible. So join your favorite ghoul friends every Saturday, wherever you listen to podcasts. And become a spooky babe! (laughs) So spooky babes, we'll see you in your nightmares! Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Cryptic Cocktail Party, a show where we have a few drinks, share a few laughs, take a dive into the unknown. I'm your host, Dave, and today I'm joined by my sometimes co-host, uh, Nicholas Einsman. How you doing, bud? Dave, I'm doing great. We're currently drinking buzz bombs, buzz bowls. Yeah, don't worry about it. Also, put your mic close to your mouth. No one can hear you. <laughs> it, it's a terrible drink. That's all you need to know. <laughs> uh, the uh, the chuckling you might be hearing in the background is our special guest today, Mark Mark. Trollinger? Trollinger? Fuck, I already fucked it up. Yes. I, I asked you what it was two <laughs> seconds ago, and I already forgot. Uh, Mark, That's all right. how's it going, man? It's going great, Dave. Uh, glad to be here. I've been looking forward to it. So have I. So for our listeners who don't know, Mark is, uh, I guess, the purveyor. Pro, pro, the, he's an author who is uh, missing multiple... How about you describe what you do? Because you're probably way better than <laughs> Right. So I I do write a series of fictional books that um, combine cryptozoology and craft beer. And I know it's a weird combination, but I don't think it was two things that I happen to like. So right up our alley. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I find that since I started, it seems to be more popular. I Mm. see a lot of beers named after cryptids and I see like your podcast. I see games and stuff. And I was like, hey. This is pretty cool. You got Rogue does Bat Squatch. Yeah, they, also, they also do, um, what's the other one? There's yeah. another one. Uh, the 603, I believe, in New Hampshire does uh, the Woods Devil yeah. one. Well, we just saw a uh, a Jersey Devil wine when oh, we yeah. getting beer for the show. Oh. Yeah, we almost got that, but then we got these, uh, have you, ever heard of, you ever heard of Buzz Bombs? Yeah, I saw them. Those little round balls, right? Yeah, yeah. I had never had one before, yeah. so we decided that uh, we were going to try them, and uh, word of advice, they're disgusting. They, I, I saw them in Ohio. I was just in Ohio last week, and they were there right next to the uh, the bush light peach. And I was like, as no. they should be. Yeah, that's probably right where they belong. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, you were just yeah. in, you were just in Ohio for uh, what was it, a small town monster fest? Yeah, it was really cool. It was my first time going to like a cryptid convention. Yeah, uh, they had some speakers. They had some guests. They had a lot of vendors. So it's really cool because I've, you know, I feel like I kind of stumbled into the cryptozoology realm and, you know, I interact with people now. And so it's kind of cool to see those people yeah, from online, like in person. It is weird so, how like, welcome. I, mean, I guess it's not weird, but the crypto community is like one of the most welcoming, welcoming communities that I've stumbled, like again, stumbled. Like I just started the show in February. And since then, like, you know, I, I sponsored my first cryptid fest. We're doing Squonkapalooza in August. And then... 
but like everyone's been so welcoming and kind. And if I have any questions, they're always there to like answer them. Like, so that's awesome. You had a good time. I'm really jealous. I wish yeah. I could have been there. I did buy a stuffed squonk while I was there. So did, nice. Did you get it from uh, Cryptid Comforts? I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Cryptid Comforts. She had one left. Yeah. She's yeah. Uh, she's the one who's putting on Squonkapalooza. We had her on the show, I think, wow, well, like a, a month. month ago. Yeah. Month and a half. She's such a sweet lady. Yeah. She is. Yeah, it was really great to see her in person. I'd seen her online a lot, but not in person. I'm definitely going to buy one at Squonkapalooza, but I'm going to put a, uh, like, if you squeeze me, it'll cry. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> um, all right, Mark, I didn't just bring you on to talk about uh, your writing or your website, which is Myths and Malts Productions. I feel like we didn't even, MythsandMalts.com, we didn't even plug that yet. We'll have time for that, though. But I brought you on, and Nick begged me to come on because I have a story for the two of you that is hands down as an adult terrifying, but I guess if you were a kid, it could be a really fun story. Um, how much do either of you guys know about England? I've been, uh, I've been twice and I racked up one heck of a ticket as far as, uh, so, so they give you uh, they give you a ticket for driving in town during business hours Monday through Friday for driving. Through town? Like, yeah. Like in London. And, um, it's only like maybe eight pounds back then, if you know, and you pay it, but I didn't yeah. know and I didn't pay it. And by the time they contacted me, it was like $300. Oh, oh God. No. So yeah. That's like, if you, yeah. if you skip out on a toll here in Philly, like oh, if yeah. you don't pay your toll within like seven days, it jumps up like a hundred bucks. Yeah. And I know fish and chips. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. Yeah. So. So aside Fish from that, chips, tolls. maybe, maybe B- Benny Hill. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Blood, blood sausage, blood sausage, blood sausage, and bland food. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we, before we start, I guess, do either of you have an aversion to clowns? I'm terrified of clowns. So I'm not a fan honest, of yeah. clowns. I don't think anyone's really a fan. I feel like after John Wayne Gacy, like no one wants to deal with clowns. I feel like before that, like they didn't have such a bad rap. <laughs> My dad is like low key obsessed with clowns. I hate you've, that. You've met my dad. He's your dad's the sweetest man. He's I, that's we how, had a clown bathroom growing up. Oh gosh, yeah. I have been to that clown hotel in Nevada. Did you? That's really, I want to go really badly. I don't want to do. I didn't stay there, but I just went through the lobby. It's really creepy. I feel like that's as far as I could go. I wouldn't go any further. I think I'd stay that. there. If would I you? got hammered enough, I'd stay there. Oh, I don't think I could. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, why don't we? Why don't we? Why don't we dive right in? Uh, we got a quick clown on around. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, this story is probably one of the best one-off cryptid slash alien slash interdimensional being stories to ever come out of anywhere at any time ever. That's just my humble opinion. Uh, it's got everything. It's got swamps. It's got intrigue, and it's got two young children with no sense of self-preservation. So, so it's the Coonies. <laughs> Are you guys ready? I'm ready. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> in May of 1973, two miles off the coast of Hampshire, England, on the Isle of Wight, two children experienced what I, as an adult, uh, would describe as super fucked up. Uh, <laughs> but what, what they encountered, at least in the eyes of these children, was nothing more than a harmless, fun, and only sometimes scary interaction with a clown-like entity known only as Sam the Sandown Clown. So not neither of you neither of you guys are familiar with Sam. No, I already don't like him. No, you're already <laughs> not a fan, Nick. Uh, well, bef- before we get into it, let's kind of just set the scene. So Sandown is a nice little seaside uh, resort town on the southern coast of the Isle of Wight. Uh, has a pretty temperate climate uh, compared to most of New England. Uh, not New England, England. Sorry, 
which which uh, which makes it an ideal vacation and tourist destination. It's like a typical resort town, uh, restaurants, beaches, boardwalks, and nature preserves. Uh, there's something there for like everyone to do. They got the uh, the Sandown Carnival, which sounds pretty fun. The Isle of Wight Scooter Festival Rally. Uh, and the Shanklin and Sandown Golf Course. And it's at this golf course where our story begins. Uh, my, my question there, right off the bat, is... I completely this, this clown played... You said it starts at a golf course? Does he play golf? No, that's just where the story begins. Oh, okay. So like I said up top, in May of 1973, a 7-year-old girl known only as Faye and her friend were vacationing with their families near Lake Common in Sandown. Faye and her friend, whose name we don't know, we just know that it's a young boy of approximately the same age, were wandering around the golf course, just being kids, when they both were startled by a strange noise. They both heard uh, what they described later on as a repetitive monotone wailing sound that they compared to that of an ambulance, well, like a British ambulance, so it probably just had a bunch of vowels that no one needed, and (laughs) it was like, wee woo, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right out where we were, eh? Uh, <laughs> sorry for oh, anyone who's no. in English. <laughs> right out, you go to the underground, spend your quid getting this ambulance, yeah? There goes we were. less than 3% of our listener base. <laughs> All right. So now Faye and her friend, being the intrepid explorers that they are, decided to head in, in the direction of the noise to try and figure out where the sound was coming from. Uh, They made their way across the golf course and then basically bushwhacked through some bushes and overgrowth uh, when they stumbled into a swampy patch of land near the Sandown Airport that at this point uh, was pretty much abandoned. Uh, It was just like a swampy, rut-filled patch of just swamp lands at this point. Now, when they entered the swampy clearing, they noticed that the monotone wailing that they had been chasing stopped. Now, (laughs) they had already come this far, and decided that, hey, we should at least take a look around, see if we can at least try and figure out where this sound was coming from. Uh, so that's exactly what they did. Uh, again, no sense of self-preservation. No. Uh, <laughs> they searched the area and came across a narrow creek covered by a quaint little footbridge. Right? Yeah, sounds, sounds nice. Yeah. Sounds very English. Yeah. Uh, now, as the kids started to make their way over the bridge... Uh, without warning, a large three-fingered hand wearing a <laughs> wearing a blue glove came out from under the bridge and seemed to be urging the children to come closer. No. <laughs> just anything that comes out from underneath the bridge, like a dis, like, you know, just a disembodied arm, hand, limb without a face, you don't go near. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, I don't know about you, Mark, but at this point, this is where I would just be like, no, thank you. And just kind of slowly... <laughs> Start like backing away. Well, it seems like they did come through quite a, quite a challenging landscape to get there. So maybe yeah, you have to see it through. I mean, yeah, I guess it's very Goonies ass. Like we got to make it, we got to go. <laughs> but yeah, so like I said, I I don't want any part of that. And this is when I would have bounced out. But not these two prepubescent Jacques Cousteaus. They stood there and watched as what I could only describe as an abomination to God crawled out from underneath their bridge and stood before <laughs> them. The being was described in British UFO Research Associations, uh, more commonly known as Bufora, uh, their 1978 journal as being, quote, seven feet tall, had no neck, for his head appeared to be wedged straight onto his shoulders. He wore a yellow pointed hat, which interlocked with the red collar of a tattered green tunic. A round black knob was affixed to the top of the hat, 
and wooden antenna were attached on either side. Now, you might be thinking, that's only vaguely <laughs> clown-like in appearance? Well, they go on to describe it stating that, quote, the face had triangular markings for eyes, a brown square of a nose, and motionless yellow lips. Other round markings were on his paper white cheeks, and a fringe of red hair fell onto his forehead. Wooden slats protruded from his sleeves and below his white trousers, and was also noted as only having three fingers and three toes. Um, oh, he's also barefoot. <laughs> That's no. uh, So at this point, guys, how are we feeling about this guy? Yeah, I would definitely turn away. <laughs> I would turn away. Yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would turn away almost immediately. It's, it's like Pinocchio from hell. <laughs> <laughs> like, is is the entirety made out of wood, or is it just parts so, of him? That's never really explained. I've heard it told because I listened to like a bunch of podcasts and I read a bunch of like blogs about it. it some say that it is like a quarter wood, a quarter flesh and bone and then like a quarter of like almost like robot like it's like a like a living robot kind of deal it sounds more like a like a golem no like it sounds or like <laughs> i'm pronouncing it wrong but it sounds like something it's something that's made for like a purpose well all right so we'll get into it a little later just because of like the what do they describe how it walks it does almost sound like clickety click no it doesn't it it all right, we'll get in. We'll when we get to how it moves, we'll we'll kind of talk about it. Now, as the two children stood there in disbelief of what they were seeing, this nightmare bozo, uh, <laughs> it's, it started behaving uh, in a way that some would describe as clownish. Uh, he started fumbling a book that he'd been carrying before dropping it into the water and splashing around in his attempt to retrieve it. So basically, picture a clown dropping a book and then a clown trying to receive said book, and whatever you pictured, that's what was happening. <laughs> Like it kind of it's probably probably because he only has three fingers. Yeah, so he couldn't hold it's it. Three fingers and it's like mostly made out of wood. <laughs> yeah, but it was acting in a way that was clownish. Like <laughs> it's got no joints. It has joints. <laughs> All right. Well, Faye and her friend watched this vaudevillian slapstick routine before the clown eventually retrieved his book and retreated away from them. It said that he leaped from the river and moved in a knee-high hopping motion. Uh, that the Kryptonaut podcast described as being similar to an astronaut moving about on the lunar surface. So it was kind of herky jerky, essentially. Yeah, but it was like almost like floating in a way. So it did have kind of like a marionette-esque way about it. Uh, so you know, maybe maybe it was like a like an alien mare. I don't know, but it was. <laughs> but you when you brought up night like a hellish Pinocchio, that yeah. is kind of vaguely how it moved. Okay, uh, now. The creature then ducked into a windowless metal hut, <laughs> leaving the kids alone. Uh, probably to give them time to, you know, think twice before deciding to investigate strange sounds in the middle of a swamp. But the two of them just kind of hung out for a minute and stared at the hut before deciding that now is <laughs> now is the best time <laughs> to kind of start wandering away. Uh, but they didn't get very far when they were about 50 yards, 150 feet or so. Uh, away, the figure emerged from his hut, <laughs> carrying what appeared to be a microphone attached to a portable, <laughs> a portable amplifier. Now, in my head, I picture one of those old Mister microphones. Yeah. Do you remember those? They had like the eyeballs. Are we sure this isn't just a out of work podcaster? <laughs> in my, it just sounds like me on a Friday night. <laughs> it does kind of. It so <laughs> the way it continues, it's almost like he's he's about to. Uh, test out new material for his tight five like it is almost like a stand-up comedian like, so so what you're saying is sam the sandown clown is actually me yeah 
<laughs> it's you whenever you go camping up yeah. in uh up in the pine barrens <laughs> now it was then that the wailing sound they had heard initially the we will and it brought up it's making this worse as you're staring me down as you're saying <laughs> i know <laughs> It was then that the wailing sound returned, this time at a much greater volume, so loud that it frightened the boy, and he started running. Uh, as Faye was about to turn and follow, the siren sound faded, and the clown spoke into the microphone. Pretty, pretty much sensing he's about to lose his audience, uh, the clown simply asks, You still there? <laughs> it's a podcaster. It is 100% a podcaster, and it is me in like three more weeks. Now, uh... <laughs> Now, the boy stopped running, and he and Faye had a little little sidebar, and after much consideration, decided that the clown had a voice that was, sounded friendly and decided to head back towards him. Oh, sure. It's a dumb idea. Uh, it was then that the clown held up uh, his the, the notebook that he was fumbling with earlier and opened it up to, re- open, opened it up <laughs> to reveal a series of jumbled words written in large, almost childlike handwriting. Uh, Faye, obviously being the braver of the two, got closer to try and make sense of what he, she was looking at. Uh, since the words were all over the page and weren't in any readable order, the entity pointed to each word as Faye read them, revealing the message as, quote, hello, and I am all colors, Sam. Wow. Um, and that's why we know Faye's name is because she took the initiative to step up and the other guy didn't. So Faye is actually a pseudonym. In the uh, in the Bufora uh, journal, uh, they didn't use her real name to protect her. And then and her father also, this guy, right, so preceding this story, her father is known as Mr. Y in the journal. And he had like 15 different UFO experiences within like the earlier 10 years. We're not going to get into that. That could be a whole separate story. Yeah, hold on. Thing. I mean, we know Faye as one of the world's largest fortune 500 companies. Runner CEOs because she took the initiative with Sam. Yeah, Faye's, Faye's probably crushing it in life <laughs> right now. She, you know that she's out there somewhere just killing it. Incredibly life. assertive. A hundred percent. She's yeah. She doesn't take shit from no one, let alone some weird interdimensional clown, Half wooden clown. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Faye, uh, now joined by her friend and both feeling more comfortable around this seven foot tall monster, decided that they wanted to know more about Sam. And decided to ask him some questions. This is my favorite part of the whole fucking story. <laughs> uh, they just wanted to build like a nice rapport with the man, you know. Uh, they asked him about his tattered clothes, and he replied that they were the only clothes he had available. Uh, Faye then asked, "Are you human?" To which Sam simply replied, "No." They then asked Sam if he was a ghost. To which the being answered, "Well, not really, but I am in an odd sort of way." And then Faye, not not taking the shit and was very unsatisfied with the vague answers. She decided just to straight up ask him, well, what are you? To which Sam replied, you know, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you know, no way. (laughs) That's the best answer. Like, so I'm imagining like the Jack in the box, uh, (laughs) <laughs> like in the jack the jack in the box like mascot right just like really down on his look that is vaguely he's kind of what he looks super, like. like he's super chummed up he had a bender in England he ended up in Sandown somehow and he's like yeah you know I, I just I just love the uh well what are you you know just don't worry about it you know Fine. shrugs and says you know 
Now, I don't know. Obviously, she didn't give a tone. I don't know the tone of it, but in my head, it's a just a coy, like a real coy, like, you know, hey, don't worry about it. You know me. <laughs> He's saying it what it is. That's all he needs to know. Uh, all right. So Sam went on to explain to the children that even though he has, he, he said his name was Sam in his message uh, that he'd written down, he actually had no real name uh, and even alluded to the fact that there was more like him on earth and confessed that he was actually frightened of humans uh, because he was afraid that they might hurt him. And uh, even if he was attacked, he would not fight back. So, I mean, he, he sounds like a gentle soul. <laughs> I think he's full of shit. <laughs> right. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, I think it's it's maybe just like a pervert. I don't know. This is like living out in the woods. All right. So yeah. that is uh, <laughs> so that, that is one of the theories that but we'll get to those at the end. It's just a, a carny that like yeah. is from down, the festival. Yeah. It's a carny that they like got rid of the freak show and he just like, well, I'm just gonna go fuck off in the woods. And he's, he's only there for like six hours. To go. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Explains why he has the Mr. Microphone. Yeah, but I... <laughs> he was actually the ringleader. Of the oh, sideshow? Yeah, of the sideshow. We'll get into what it is. All right, so now now after this extra extraterrestrial heart-to-heart that they had, uh, Sam, and, Sam invited these two very young children into his metal windowless hut in the middle yeah. of a swamp located on the edge of an abandoned runway uh, by way of a small flap on the side of it, <laughs> the two children took, yeah. <laughs> took him up on his offer uh, and entered the hut. First, followed by Sam, the abominable clown. Yeah, yeah. What could go wrong? <laughs> right. There's, there's so many things here that, like, I will say, this story does have an app, like a happy ending. Like, no one got murdered, no one got eaten. Yeah, no because one, the worse. Jack in the Box mascot gave them like a number three with a Happy Meal on the side. Yeah, but he's also he just seems like a genuinely good dude. I'd I'd hang out with him. I, okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you guys want to know how his hut was decorated? Yeah. Yeah, I guess a lot of buzz balls, probably. It's actually just entirely built out of buzz balls. Yeah. So uh, the first floor was pretty roomy with enough room to stand comfortably, especially for a seven foot tall uh, clown monster. Um, Wait, it's seven feet tall? Yeah, seven feet tall. You Were you not paying attention? I, I misheard then. Yeah, seven feet tall. Big fuck. Now, uh, so the first floor is pretty roomy, enough room to stand, especially if you're seven feet tall. Uh, had nothing more than an electric heater and some basic wooden furniture. Uh, the walls were adorned with bluish green wallpaper and covered in a series of dials. The upper level wasn't really anything to write home about. It was just like a small little. Wait, it's it's two... Oh, it's two. It's two floors, by the way. His metal hut is two floors. Two floors in the he's swamp. Not a hut. That's like a house. He's living. <laughs> he's living in the lap of luxury, baby. He's living in the silo. Well, it was described as. Uh, I didn't write this down, but it was described as. You know those like metal, like those kind of elongated tubular metal structures yeah. that like on like work sites and stuff like that. It was described oh, yeah. ba- basically like that. So you could just be a carny living in the woods. But um, <laughs> now, once everyone settled in, uh, Sam told the children that he survived mostly off of berries that he would harvest during the afternoons and got his water from a nearby river, uh, but that he actually had to clean it before it was actually safe to drink. He also told them that he had a second camp somewhere on England's mainland, but didn't give them a uh, a specific location. Uh, hey, so you guys want to know how Sam eats? Yeah. Okay, we're going to yeah, yeah, eat. Here we go. Uh, now, at this point, Sam decided that he was feeling a little peckish and decided to munch down on some of those berries he was going on about. <laughs> they, did, they did sound pretty delicious. 
So Sam removed his hat to, <laughs> to reveal rounded white ears. He, he then, and this is what the children described. This isn't like what I'm making up right now. Uh, he then placed one of the berries in his ear. He then whipped his head forward, causing the berry to disappear from his ear before reappearing in his eye. He then repeated the head thrusting once again, causing the berry to drop down and reach his mouth. So, you know, just pretty normal way to eat this berries. Guy's corny. <laughs> pretty normal. That's weird. There's, uh, I have so many questions. Oh, we'll answer, we'll get to all the questions at the end. Just let me finish my lecture and then. Oh, wow. <laughs> no. We're almost at the end. I promise. The children hung out for about another half hour or so, asking Sam questions and getting his the usual half answers that he was giving in return. Uh, what those questions were and what the answers were is unknown. They weren't in the Bufora report that I read, and which is which is where a majority of uh, all the information I got. My that's, I, I can put a link to the source if anyone wants to read it. It's pretty wild. <laughs> um, uh, but after saying their goodbyes, they ran out of there to tell the first person that they that they came across that they saw a bona fide ghost. Because at this point, they still think he's a ghost. Because he didn't really give when he when they asked if he's a ghost, he's like, "I am, but not really." So. They still think he's a ghost. Uh, but yeah, they, they ran out to tell the first person, which is exactly what they did. The first person they ran across was a groundskeeper uh, who, upon hearing this fantastical tale, just kind of laughed it off, thinking it was a couple of kids telling tales out of school. Uh, but his reaction to the children really upset them. Uh, and as a result, it took Faye a couple weeks to tell her father about the incident uh, and what happened, who even himself didn't really believe it, but eventually came around due to the amount of detail in her story and the, like, the conviction she had when telling the story. Like, she really believed that this is what happened. And he even went and questioned the boy. And he, the boy corroborated everything that she said. And he, he felt pretty good about it. So a little while later, Faye's father explored the area where the alleged sighting had happened. But there was nothing. There was no metal hut, no clown, not even like an indent or discoloration of the grass where like a hut would be because if it was there for a while, there'd be something in a swampy. You think there'd be like a, like an imprint or something. Right. Of, Maybe it's like a Brigadoon. It just appears. Well, it's, we'll get into. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he even talked to a couple of workers who had been repairing a nearby post around the time of the incident, but they claimed they didn't see anything. They didn't see a clown, a hut. They didn't even see the children. Um, so to this day, no one is quite sure what Sam is or was. Uh, some claim he's a creature of time and space, an interdimensional being mm -hmm. who kind of just crossed over the veil from one dimension into another. Uh, some people do say that cryptids, a lot of them are kind of, they yeah. pop in, in and out between realities. Uh, sometimes even having, not like a force field, but you ever see that movie with Natalie Portman, the one uh, where it's like those bulb, like the domes and they go through the domes and, no, all right, never mind. We'll scratch that. <laughs> I want to know what this movie is. It was weird. It was weird, but like, so it's interdimensional, but also there's there might be like a field around him where the kids watered, wandered into it and they could see him. But the reason why the poll workers didn't see either Faye, the boy, or the thing is because they couldn't, they weren't in that protective they bubble. The dome, they they yeah. were just seeing the reality around them, not the reality of what they crossed into. Um, some say he was an alien or like a like a drone kind of thing that came down and they that's why he's fucking weird as shit. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, the other 
thing is that he could have just been a really creepy fucking dude wearing a wooden mask and <laughs> like yeah like there's so many possibilities of what he could be but whatever sam is he left behind one of the best stories to ever come out of the paranormal worlds and i love it so nick we'll start with you what do you think of sam the sand down clown I, I i'm torn right obviously i'm a i'm a pretty firm believer in the unknown and, and you know the paranormal well you were a card-carrying member of mufon so like, I mean, yeah i am i am uh i think it's just a creep down by the river <laughs> why would you need a space heater like so that's that's the one thing too it was an electric heater but the, i don't think he was running wires through the swamp so you just have it for aesthetics <laughs> i don't know maybe it was big enough to make make like a it was like a good table i don't know dude. i think it's I creeped down by the river like he, you know the ghost the ghost comment could be more along the lines of like i'm a ghost for the government they think i'm dead <laughs> like he's just off the grid it could be i don't know now my other question here is the three fingers right so that's the other thing so i don't think it could be a human because it had it was barefoot it had three toes and three fingers Oh, so they saw the toes. It was barefoot the whole time. See, I, I'm thinking of like the Mickey Mouse gloves where it's one digit, two digit, three digit. Uh, yeah, but no, it had, didn't have, it wasn't wearing shoes, so it didn't have. Then my, you know, my stand by the theory of, hey, it's just a carny that got fired and was like, well, I'm going to go fuck off in the woods. He <laughs> so lost a bunch of toes in a weird like tilt-a-whirl accident. Could be. <laughs> and that's why he yeah. only had the toes. Oh. Lost the ring toss. <laughs> it could be. I don't know. Mark, it was the seventies, so maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, very, very lax safety lawn regulations were a thing in the seventies. Yeah, so like right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah totally he he probably lost in a lawn dart accident. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Mark, what what do you think of? Well, you know, so the UFO part, like I think the British have more uh, more transparency in ufo stories than we do but mm -hmm. they've collected a lot of reports so maybe and then but you know what you you said the kid's dad had all these sightings so maybe they just heard stories it and could then be. they happened to find the fired carny pervert in the woods well the um, the other theory is too is that so not long before this mr y Faye's dad he had a ufo <laughs> encounter and the, what I was thinking is that they said that his hut was covered in dials. So maybe the hut wasn't actually a hut and it might've been the UFO that her father saw landed in the swamp and they actually came across, across it like later. And that's what his, the, they were in, they were in the ship. They weren't in a hut. I mean, if you want to take the, the fantastical approach to it. And that would explain why it disappeared. Yes. Exactly. It does explain why he took he would yeah. you know, just up and vanish. Like I think that could be a viable explanation, or it could just be a fucking weirdo in the woods. Because they did say that when so he, he he could talk without the microphone, which I didn't think I said in the story. But when he did, it sounded like someone talking who couldn't open their mouth all the way. So it did sound like someone wearing a mask. So I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe it was a ventriloquist from the. <laughs> Carnival. <laughs> I don't know. All, all I know is that it's a great story and that I want to meet Sam. Sam sounds like a good time. He sounds like a really fun Carney he's literally he he's <laughs> Sam, uh, Sam. Sam sounds like a Carney. He sounds like someone that you would see at a freak show either at Coney Island or in Austin, Texas. 
But he's having, but he's doing tricks. He's yeah, well, doing that's, he's doing the berry thing through the ear. Yeah, to the, the, the berry down. thing through the ears. You know what you call that? Yeah. Separated, uh, the deviated the deviated se- septum. <laughs> yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's it. I don't know. But, all right, well, that's, so that's the story, guys. What, yeah, what did you guys weird. think? Yeah. Do you think it's possible that it could be, I, I kind of, I am aiming more towards interdimensional something that crossed over or they cross or the Faye and or the other boy crossed into another dimension i guess i think that's i don't know how real that is i don't know if i truly believe in interdimensional being i, I guess i kind of do because i believe in ghosts but i i'm leaning more towards that I, we're not so gonna, the, we're, the, we're clearly not going to solve this today i don't think us three are going to be the ones to to really crack the case and stand, yeah. stand down, clown. Well, maybe that bridge is the key. Like they walked over the bridge. It's like a bridge to Terabithia. Yeah, it's a bridge to Santa. Yeah. It's a bridge to Terabithia. Maybe. Yes. Yeah, town clown. All yeah. I know is that if I saw a hand reach out from under a bridge, I would, <laughs> I would have lift immediately. Yeah. But, you know, it was like it was like 2016. The U.S. had all those creepy clowns appearing, and people were like, yes. Uh, the year I, I graduated college, there was like 15 clowns in Plymouth, New Hampshire, and I outed one of them, and I'm still one of my <laughs> life's greatest achievements. <laughs> outing a couple that worked at Tedeschi's in Plymouth, New Hampshire. I do remember the that weird, that, that was like a weird era of American culture where there was all those, it was, it was like, remember when Swing came back for like a hot minute? With like the cherry pop and daddies, it was like it was like that before, before like creepy murder class. I didn't get into that swing. <laughs> well, no movement. It was it took swing class. It was short lived. It, it wasn't very long. They they had a couple old navy commercials. Cherry pop and daddies had a song or two, and then yeah, and that then was I somehow it. gotten to swing. I yes. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, we're not going to figure it out today. But I just want to say that I loved it, and I think it's great. It's definitely a really fun story. Yeah, it's fun um, as all hell. It's interesting that Faye's dad had that many encounters or he like, sightings. He had like four or five that do are we, all over it. Do we know anything that like happened afterwards? Did they see anything more of like just encounters, no, the, UFOs? The, I'm assuming they went to the wind. The before a report, like the journal, it, after the Faye story and the Sandown Clown, it just moved on to the next story. So I don't know. But I don't want to know. I don't want to know if it was ever solved. I don't want. I, no, I, don't, I, don't I want the if... mystery in my head. Like I want this story to be just what it is—a standalone. <laughs> I'm more curious about the dad. He's marked for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he has an If someone was saying that it was, it might be like I guess like in that area, there's what is called a flap. I don't know if you guys are familiar with flaps. Like so, there is a lot of a lot of sightings. Yeah, maybe not so so much now that it's more. It's even more so of a destination for like tourists, stuff like that. Like, but I think like way back, like it, it was more, it was more flappy. More, well, I mean, Mark, you, you hit the nail right on the head. England as a whole, they're a lot more open with their UFO disclosure. Yeah. So I'm wondering if like, but even maybe now, maybe shit's happening now. But since they're so open, and I right. think they they're not reporting it as much because it's just like that's just what it is. Yeah. It's the, at this point, it's become a another piece of news. Yeah. It's their day to day, so they're not really gonna. Called Bufora or whoever. I don't even know yeah. if Bufora still exists, <laughs> but I don't know. Um, all right, so we're coming up on forty minutes, so <laughs> I think it's time to to kind of just I let it go. It's going to be a longer episode. I know this is going to be a longer episode, but uh, <laughs> before we go, I just want to say, Mark, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for sponsoring the episodes. I really do appreciate it. Oh, sure. Uh, 
before we sign off, uh, is there anything you want to plug? Tell people, tell people everything they need to know about you, where they can find you on socials, where they can read your books, buy your books, websites, all that stuff. Cool. Yeah. So mostly, um, Instagram, that's Mark underscore Trollinger, T R O L L I N G E R. I do have uh, myths and malts, uh, dot com where you can see any events. I'm trying to get some more events. Um, in the past, I did some book signings at breweries and I, that would that be awesome. Kind of worked out pretty well. Cause I figure, you know, if people are into the, you know, they're into the beers they're probably into monsters. So, or, you know, unknown creatures. So, or they drink beers um, and they become true. a monster and then they should be arrested because <laughs> exactly they themselves are local legends. <laughs> local <Yeah>. cryptid. Um, <laughs> I saw that hat that said local cryptid. I almost bought it, but yeah, so I'm on, I'm writing book six right now. Um, it's set in uh, Maryland, it's Maryland goat man. Oh, hell yeah. Um, oh, is it go, so go, Goatman's uh, Goatman's bridge? Um, yeah, yeah. It's going to be in there. Um, I love, I love Goatman's bridge. We should go. We're not that far. Yeah, you should go. We're also not far from Clinton uh, Clinton Road. We've been talking about that for since I'll, we moved to Philly. I need to go back to Clinton Road. Uh, sorry, sorry, Mark. Continue. We're we're just oh, no. we're just making plans real quick. <laughs> just <laughs> we're just plotting out our next. What, six. what about the what about the Jersey Devil? You close to that? We're very close to so that. So I I'm in the Pine Barrens. Least probably once a, every least once other a month, right? Yeah. Oh. I camp out there all the time. And it is. Uh, oh wow! We'll talk about it at some point. <laughs> that would be really cool. I don't want to do that. I'll, I'll take your dogs. <laughs> That's fine. Allie wants to go, so I guess we have to go now. We can rent a cabin. I know. If I'm gonna go, I don't like camping. I don't like camping in cabins. I like tents, fire. Oh, I don't. Uh, sorry, Mark. Continue. Uh, yeah. So back to nature. Yeah. Right? We'll get back to nature, but also we're gonna get back to you, so you can continue plugging. Oh yeah. So, so that's it. Um, yeah, I've got five books out, right? Well, four are published. One's about to be published. I've got one that still is coming and then the one I'm working on right now, but it's, uh, yeah, it, when I first started writing it, it was going to be one book and now it's turned into like a indefinite series that I've, I've plotted out, but I'm hoping it's not like, you know, like if you lay a tile floor and it's going pretty smoothly and then you get to the last piece and you're like, oh, I screwed up way back there somewhere. I'm hoping it's not like that. So, so you know, you don't, you want to make sure that there's no uh, plot holes or inconsistencies in the story. Exactly. So yeah, if, if uh, more people check out the books, feel free to send me uh, any feedback on it on Instagram or the webpage, or I am on Twitter also um, both as Mark Trollinger and Myths and Malts. So, you know, reach out to me anyway and um, give me any ideas <laughs> or feedback. I think you should go Sam Down Clown. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a great Halloween costume, too. It does. Dude, maybe right? I could do that. Oh, it does. Dave, you got to go yeah. Sam, as Sam. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, my maybe Halloween I'll party this year, go as Sam. Sam Down Clown. I don't know. Yeah, I, that'd be perfect. <laughs> the second appearance of the Sam Down Clown. <laughs> uh well all right mark i want to thank you so much for for joining us uh being a guest nick my sometimes co-host i appreciate you coming on as well well i by coming on i mean forcing me to have you on because you wanted it's, to hear this story i, I so. very much wanted to hear this story. <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Uh, and with I, that, pre- I appreciate you guys having me too. It yeah, was really great. Come back anytime, man. This was fun. Yeah, Mark, it was uh, it was great to great to finally meet you. Uh, yeah. I definitely want. I'm going to shoot you a message on Instagram because I want to pick your brain a little bit more. Uh, okay, sounds good. Awesome. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I usually prefer to uh, actually when I'm writing, I usually have a stout or an IPA with me. It's so, the way to go. Oh, I, I was. Uh, I tell my wife it's research. I, yeah. I need to drink these beers because it's research. Like, all right. Well, on that note, I just want to say thank you, everyone. Uh, be sure to follow you guys. follow us on Instagram at Cryptic Cocktail. Follow us on Twitter. I have a Twitter. I don't TikTok. T- yeah, follow us on Twitter at uh, <laughs> Cryptic Cocktail. Cocktail. Follow me on TikTok at Cryptic Cocktail Party. It's really bad, but it's fun. Uh, if you want to support the show, please do. There's a link in the episode description. You can donate a dollar five dollars a million dollars whatever you want to do uh and with that thank you mark thank you nick say bye everyone thanks bye have a good night